Hi, I'm Karuna. I'm the founder and executive director of Mind Oasis. And with me here today is a dear friend and Sangha member, Rosa Schneier. Rosa, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Karuna? Good. It's been a busy morning for me. What's your morning look like so far? It's been a busy morning for me so far, and it's quite early. Yes. Uh, yeah. Making morning start sometimes. Yeah. Rosa, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where do you live and what are you up to in this world? Oh, I live in Austin, Texas, and I'm a doctor of Chinese medicine and Chinese and functional medicine practitioner. So I, um, I also teach generally at the University of Texas undergraduates. I'm currently on leave for a few months. Uh, and I spend my time primarily working with patients uh, to try to facilitate their healing. I'm also passionate about teaching people how to awaken their healer within. That's really my primary um, intention in my work is not so much me being the healer, but me facilitating people finding and awakening their own healer. Beautiful. And so your background is in Chinese medicine and acupuncture. What else about you and your world? Well, um, I'm a child of immigrants into Mexico. Uh, my grandparents were from the Middle East. My parents were first generation born in Mexico. I think that's an important um, aspect of my life because it gives me a perspective about the human experience from a variety of different uh, cultures. Um, and also it puts me in touch with some of what's happening in the world outside of my own personal experience at the moment, you know, like many of us, I live a pretty privileged, comfortable life, but I know that most people don't do it, um, don't necessarily enjoy the same comfort or privilege that I do. So some of my, um, part of my journey is to understand how can I bring my practice, my meditation practice, which started when I was 14. I was lucky to be introduced to practice at that particular point in time. And, you know, I have also been very fortunate to um, have access to a variety of different meditation traditions from Rinzai Zen to inside meditation to uh, unfeather Dharma with my beloved teacher, um, Kelly Lindsay. Um, and really is once I have been able to create a ground around my practice, then what is really my practice for or about? And in that sense, what is my life? for or about, you know, um, what am I here for? What, what for? Mm -hmm. um, so I think that kind of tells you a little bit. I don't know what else you want to know. That's beautiful. Um, what it says to me is that you have an embodied practice 
that you have moved from where we sit for a few minutes each day to maybe calm our mind, maybe to experience more presence and things like that to where um, your practice is your life and your life is your practice. That's what I heard. Well, thank you. I would say that that's my aspiration. <laughs> okay. I would say that my aspiration is that. Yeah. Um, I struggle like all of us with life, you know, with the day to day, just like you said, your morning's been busy. My morning, my week, my month, my year has been very busy. I was talking to a colleague of mine of how the experience of each one of us during the pandemic is so different because some people have said, oh, I've had all this time. I've written these books. I've, you know, created this. I launched that, you know, and for some of us, especially those that are space holders for others who are suffering, the need in the community is so intense and immense that it has actually been probably a, very, a, a, a more intense time than usual. Um, so I would say that's my aspiration is to be able to show up in the world with an open heart. Do I manage to do that? I would say probably not often or not all the time. And an aspiration is an intention, is a, is a, an invitation, it's not a demand. So I try to walk that path gently and give myself a little bit of room to not be perfect. Awesome. So you have an upcoming workshop on Mind Oasis called Resilience, the Awakened Heart of the Bodhisattva. And I'd love to hear you talk a little bit about a Bodhisattva. Some of our listeners won't know what that is. Um, and yeah, why don't we start there? Yeah, so let me first just preface that by saying that resilience has become the buzz these days, right? Because resilience is understood as our ability to move through adversity with integrity and wholeness, you know, and it's been defined in a lot of ways. You could probably find a dozen different books on resilience. And I teach resilience as a way of awakening the healer within. Now, when I think about resilience as in the awakened path of the Bodhisattva, you know, the Bodhisattva is, um, as I see it, is a human that sets the intention to devote their life and their practice for the benefit of all beings. And that our personal awakening is deferred until all beings are awakened. And at the same time, we understand that that's impossible and that our own personal awakening, when if I awaken, you awaken. And if you awaken, I awaken. So um, the Bodhisattva sets that intention of orienting their heart towards the benefit of all beings. And I believe it's really difficult to make that transition in thinking how exactly, you know, 
do you, do I move through this very challenging time that we've lived collectively as humanity and we continue to live in different parts of the world? The pandemic was kind of like the cap on that really challenging time, not the end, but the a it put a cap on it. Uh, it. It put a focus of our attention on our shared human suffering, but it's been rough uh, around the world for a while, really rough, you know? And if you orient your heart towards alleviating suffering for, to, and, and devoting your life to the benefit of all beings, how in the world do you hold space enough to have resilience to move not only through your own challenges and difficulties day in, day out, but to hold space and to hold the intention that what you're doing in the world is for the benefit of all beings. How in the world do you, do you not lose hope and heart and energy and how do you do that? That's our challenge, you know, that's the path that we that that we are working that i am work walking that you are walking that we committed practitioners are walking you know so it's about taking the spotlight from just our own suffering and shining it in all of us and then finding an effective way to transform that in our hearts so that we can continue to show up and adapt and, you know, um, work through wholeness without breaking down and falling into empathic distress. And I have found that the practice of Tonglen has really helped me do that. For the listeners who can't see my face, I went from somewhere from like elation to um, tears filled up in my eyes to wanting to hear, well, how do we do that, Rosa? But but then Rosa shared about Tonglen and, and instantly almost my body relaxed. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about the practice of Tonglen, Rosa? As I understand it, you know, as I embody it, um, and with all due respect to knowing that this is a, a long tradition with a huge cultural history that I don't share, you know, the way I understand this practice is about grounding myself in my own body. I see it as having seven steps, you know, grounding myself in my own body, being able to come home to my heart, you know, align with my, my intention, know with clarity and understand with wisdom what's possible in that moment, you know, engage my own emotional well-being 
And then once I've done the preliminary steps, then connect with our common humanity, with our human community, and tune in on purpose with what's actually happening, even if it's not affecting me. And sometimes I take a news from the day or the shooting that happened here or the grieving family there or one of my patients going through chemo doesn't, it depends, you know? And I create space around it and take it in and then give it light and transform it. Just by giving it space so that it can be not getting rid of it, but giving it space and then bathing it with light and the capacity, the understanding that suffering is truth, that the truth of suffering is there but that the possibility of alleviating the suffering is also there. I don't know if that helped convey, you know, a teacher would probably teach it very differently. Somebody who has had the transmission in a different way. This is how I understand it. And when I practice Tonglen, then I think I'm a better human being in the world because I'm not so wrapped up in my, you know, eight to eight uh, struggle or. I call it the, um, the small suffering self schmuck stuff. <laughs> the self, which, which, you know, which is part of human suffering too, without denying <laughs> it, you know, but it's just like, we, we are so wrapped up in, and, but remember that I said, there's a preliminary set of steps. That's what awakening the healer within is, you know? And I know I didn't go through seven because you have to figure out what your seventh step is, you know, in that sense. But it's just like, you go through your preliminaries in your practice. I, I don't mean just in one sitting, but you go through your pre preliminaries of, contacting your own human suffering and then to make space so that you can then hold and then come back and then do it again because that's what resilience is about. You just, you know, it's um, moving through the faces of the human heart with integrity, uh, and integrity means you mess up and you have your schmuck little suffering, how you call it, I thought it was great. And then you realize that, you know, it's, it's, it's you, you took vows, you committed yourself to orient your heart towards alleviating suffering. And what does that mean, you know? I find that to be a North Star. People um, will wrap up here in just a moment because Rosa has a busy day. She has to be the healer. Um, but I have one question I want to 
ask you, and then I just have one little comment in all of this. Um, um, listeners know, and certainly my friends know that um, being kind hasn't always been like the easiest thing for me. Like it isn't like I woke up as a child and was like just the sweetest girl on earth. You know, I have edge. Um, but recently, just recently though, I took my Bodhisattva vows, I think in 2017 or 2016 recently, um, I've been using the idea of being a helper and a protector, kind of like a Mr. Rogers or like, a um, a mother Teresa, not that I hold any water close to them, but what it's done is when my, when my instinct is to go to anger or frustration or annoyance that still arises, but there's this seatbelt of, <clears throat> are you going to be a helper, a helper and a protector? And I can tell very quickly when I don't do that. And so it also offers me an opportunity to not go down the road any further of, of instinct habit of, of being able to like draw back and use my little seatbelt of compassion and insight and wisdom and all of the beautiful things that you just shared. So my question to you, Rosa, we'll wrap up with this is what is your truth? That I have a lot of rough edges, you know, um, and that the one thing I know, the only one thing I know is that this breath brings me home. Thank you, Rosa. So Rosa's workshop on Mind Oasis, which is going to be stellar, um, is on Sunday, May 9th, and it's at four o'clock in the afternoon central. And you can find it at mindoasis.org under the tab learn. You'll see Rosa there. And again, it's mindoasis.org and it's the learn tab. And it's called Resilience, the Awakened Heart of the Bodhisattva with Rosa Schneier. And I have to say, Rosa, in my eyes, you are a Bodhisattva. So thank you. Thank you. So are you. Thanks for holding this space for all of us. <laughs>